Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. David Dacker, your host. Bar design. It is one of the critical elements of what people will eventually think of the place that you put together, your bar. Ermber in 2013, one of the bars that I went to that had exactly what I thought the Houston scene needed was out in the uh, village off of Bissonnet. And that was 18th Cocktail Bar. And one of the, some of the cool things that it had was when you went in, it had this long hallway that you would that would break left, right? You go through this long hallway, make a left, and the whole place would just open up to you. And it was a Prohibition era uh, cocktail bar, which is the name, 18th Amendment. And uh, it just had everything that you could possibly imagine that era with, in that it had this finished concrete walls, uh, exposed brick, uh, the leather couches, or oh, the um, old-time mirrors and uh, frames, um, and it was just—it was just a really cool place. It's like, it really, truly felt felt like you were in a basement or in a back room of a, uh, of a hidden spot. But truly, the place had a patio, <laughs> so you were really—you weren't hidden from anything. And it was right there on Bissonnette. The previous bars that were there before were more, you know, club or sports bar type. And it was, the entrance was always towards the street. So where the patio was. And just that one little change made all the difference in the world to the initial experience of walking into the place. So today... I have an interview that I did about a year ago with um, Gino and Blanca, which have the um, merchant and market uh, business. Uh, it has been a brick and mortar in the past. Um, it is, um, they have, I think, online sales. But mainly what they do is is uh, bar design and home design. They do interior design. But there's a really specific style uh, that they have. So you're, if you're in Houston and uh, you're familiar with Wooster's Garden, uh, Wooster's uh, on Midtown, then that's part of what they did. The bathrooms, I mean, it was kind of like a really cool thing whenever they, they had first finished. I remember going in there and just really thinking it was really cool, excellent design. Uh, Lillian Bloom downtown, um, Truth Barbecue. It's also a par- project that they... You know, they just opened. So it was a project they were involved in, about to start at the time that I did this interview. And um, ni- 1919, if you remember that, that was where the corner table was uh, right there in uh, River Oaks. Then um, there's a there's a quite a few projects they've done uh, around the city, and they they're gonna get into that. But it is definitely a style that once you you take a look at it and you're like, okay, you did this. And then you go to the next place and you look at it and it, again, it's like, okay, I can see the, some of the similarities. And the thing is, is, you know, Gino paints and, uh, you know, does craft work. I mean, that's the guy that takes 
piece of trash and makes it into a piece of art. And so he stays pretty busy. But I thought it'd be cool to finally put this uh, interview out. I really have been trying before. The problem was is that the audio was pretty terrible since uh, I did it in a room that had a lot of echo. There was music in the background. It was just there was a lot of challenges that that up until now I'm comfortable putting it together and putting it out there. Um, I cut out most of my questions one night because I, I wasn't mic'd for it. So just bear with the sound for a little bit and just go with the information because I think what they have to say about the way that they go about build-outs and especially given what the Houston scene is right now and the future of what they're looking to do. Uh, it's uh, if, if you're in, in this business, it'll be interesting. It's interesting all the way around, uh, even as an artist. Uh, Eugenio does mention, touch on, on the, the notion of a working artist. You know, there's a big difference between just doing whatever you love to do as far as your artwork, right? And then having getting paid for it. At that point, you have to deliver the goods. Um, so let's go ahead and listen and see what they have to say. So um, tell me uh, your names. Blanca. Gino. And uh, Merchant and Market. And market. Okay, and uh, what is that? Merchant Market is a, I would say it's a design build shop. Design build shop, that's, um, what, is, what is that? So design, it's like, okay, we so are able to design it, we can build it, and you're able to shop, shop. like retail. Okay, so whenever you're saying design and mm -hmm. build, are you talking just bars, bar build outs, or what? I would say the majority is commercial, so it has been, I mean, most of the places like that we've worked with, or the finishings that we specialize in is more thematic and specialty, so that leads to more commercial rather than residential. So um, that's how we've been seeked out by bars and restaurants, because that's where you usually are trying to create like a more thematic ambiance and design. So, how did you guys get started doing this? I would say I'm kind of self-taught. Um, so, it was just, hey, I had a client, and this was residential probably 15 years ago in 2000, I would say almost, maybe before that. I mean, 2000 was like 18 so years 18. ago, but okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 18 years ago, roughly. In 2000, uh, 15 years a ago. A client said, have you ever heard of faux finishing and I want my walls marbleized. No, haven't heard of it. Okay, well, Google Caesar's Palace. I want my walls to look like that in Caesar's Palace. That's not real marble. It's fake, exotic, whatever look. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm in my mom's garage flinging paint, putting it on a sample board, present it to the client. Client says, great, how much? I Google price per square foot for painters, a dollar at the time, 75 cents, whatever. And the master bedroom was 1,500 square feet. The house is 10,000 square feet, so I landed in a good neighborhood that would let me experiment with finishes, and I ended up staying in that same neighborhood for two years. Wow, so that one job got you two years, two years worth of work? Worth of web spraying, silver paint, fleeing glitter on walls, clouds, faux brick, every finish you can imagine, Mediterranean plaster, Tuscan plaster, and uh, one of the 
homeowners in that neighborhood was uh, KB Homes, and he was the CFO. So then he said, hey, can you go do some of my model homes and make them look cool? And no one was doing that type of finishing back then. Or there was very limited. So that was, so after those two years, what was the next The next project? big step was working with designers in this area. Well, but really what led to that was, that was really shop. the shop. So it, our first business venture, where? where? Uh, it was in Rice Village. And it was a clothing boutique. What was um, it called? It was called Cosamia. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, we were on a very limited budget. And so, so Gino kind of went to town making it look different. And that... Um, funny enough got more attention than when we were actually like selling so um, he was able to really make it I guess different compared to what every other store, store was doing at the time. It was time. the first I call it first concept color store it was pink and black back okay. then and no one like you know boutiques like people were just very safe with color right. or they're all over the place so we went with that look and we're like, oh, let's just make it poppy and kind of very girly and edgy. It had a edgy. lot of different like texture, like the wall was like a pearlized, pearlized like, con like plastered wall, but it was pink. The floors were... And it was in a really cool building, so that helped. It was in a 1930s Furrier, um, which is still there now. Okay. And, and now it's, I think Boulevard Realty is who offices out of there. Okay, so do you guys think that having that artistic mind <clears throat> frees you up to take risk in doing your projects that probably other people couldn't really pull off? It, yeah, I think it's, a, it's good and bad because what happens is, till this day, we'll go into a project like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great, this is gonna be easy, and I've gotten a little better about it, but uh, <laughs> it, you tend to oversell and overpromise as an artist. It's like, oh yeah, I can put 5,000 dots on that wall. But when you're at 2,000, you're like, damn, why did I do this? You know? And it's kind of like you're, you've already committed to the project. So I think that's one of, as an you artist. You get smart and, and be realistic. Listic. And actually, like he's, he's able to envision it, I think, from the get-go when he walks a space, like the potential I think of the space and so he'll just he gets very excited and starts like throwing out ideas but I think it's really hard for him to actually translate that and put it on paper, paper. to where it makes sense financially, financially where it's both both yeah really it's because you're in the yeah. moment and you're like oh yeah we can go cut down trees and we can carve this one at this color stain this one at this color and do this one at this color and then you start looking at the space, and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And then. <laughs> and the client's like, oh yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. Like, you know, and so. And then it leads to overworking yourself, over committing, but finishing the project, of course, because we're on, we're by but it's referral. No fun. You know? <laughs> and then it's like, wow, this isn't art anymore. This is very time consuming, and this is very um, not what I expected. But then the end result is always, oh my God, So there's great. a lot of trial and error, and I think he's just gotten better like at really digesting and, like I said, just translating into... That creative vision that, into 
the, the actual finished product. Yeah. And now I understand why a lot of designers, I used to mock and kind of knock designers when they'd go in these restaurants and these places or hotels or whatever. And I'm like, it's the same thing you did at the other place. It's the same thing you did at the other place. But it, I can see as a business, it's okay to do that because you're like, that's your stamp, that's your branding, and that's your name. And it's safe. So they're like, oh, let me use my same wallpaper. Let me use my same color palette. Because, I mean, if you do 10 restaurants in a year, I mean, your brain is just like going, going as an artist. And you're like, oh my God, well, how can I outdo myself? And then you're kind of, get, you get, you know, burnt out. It's like, so then you go back to your safe zone. Oh, let me do the reclaim wood. Let me do the age break. Let me do this. And so... Well, yeah. and you also well, develop, I think you hone that, like, yeah. uh, you know, you develop, um, whether classics. it's a style or whether, you know, you just, it's like, you know, you, you become better at it. Finishings. Yeah. And we always, that's the bread and butter of the business is finishings. Uh, I mean, well, it's I, been a long road. Yeah. I think <laughs> I've gotten a more installation now. Like we just did a window display for Toma Fertitta for our luxury thing and I wouldn't, we've done window it's displays. 29, 29 North. North. Retail space. And I'm seeing that as, a, as an artist in our company is kind of like, we do more installations now. Before it was like build outs and you know, a lot of wall, just wall finishings and wall placement and reclaim materials. But now I think it's getting um, a little more of the visual well, installations I would say yeah and like I said I feel like it's you know it's it's good that so from the from the store there was a lot of um, projects you know that kind of evolved from after after the shop so that's um, one of my questions is it's because I know you guys mostly from bar build outs so I yeah. guess was it the store and then the bar build-outs, or was it the store, the build-outs during the store? No, it actually, they came after because he did focus on, uh, I mean, other shops. I feel like in Rice Village, he actually did other shops, shops uh, finishings, or uh, even like windows and Yeah, stuff. window display too. They would like come uh, to our store and they would see our windows and they're like, oh my God, these are cool. And then they would contact us, hey, would you be interested in doing our windows too? And I was like. Or it was it was really after kind of, I think like that, you know, uh, he did another boutique that was that. Um, brown Eyed Blues. Yes, Brown. What was the first bar that you did that? Full build out was 18th Amendment. Okay. That was, yeah. That was the first, like, they gave me full freedom. Yeah. And it was like, because before that, it was it it was it kind of built up. I mean, it was like do a painting or do you know like One come wall. in and oh, right like the wall. Miluna I, restaurant. He, they hired me in the woodlands to do like all their murals on the walls, and then from like there, paintings. yeah, it was like oh, can you do build my tabletops? Yeah. And then can you build? And then Oporto, a I Porto think, Cafe. like it was like, like finishings, it was more finishings, but yeah, I guess like 18th was the first project that was like furniture, walls, lights, chandeliers, bar setup, layout, flooring. We touched every spot in that place. And so what was the one after that? Um, we did, gosh, um, 
a big, big one was um, Corner Table. Corner Table, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was our biggest project till this day. And then after Corner Table, we did some finishings for the Midtown Bar uh, with all the industrial. Oh my gosh, went blank. Um, for Wooster's? Wooster's, Wooster's Garden. So we did all the a lot of the finishings, the bar. Well, sourced, like I think for Wooster's, it was not as as big of a of a project, but it was oh the bar and yeah, the we did the bar, we did the restrooms, we did the tile, tin ceilings. A lot of concrete work, I think. Concrete I work. We did a bunch of um, the concrete countertops. The restrooms. We did the restrooms. <laughs> yeah, it's and those were yeah. So those, and that was that age wall, the two by sixes, concrete trough sinks, industrial faucets coming out of the wall. And that was the feel, they, they loved that. And it was like a very industrial raw, and that was the look, and that was the look trending in Houston for everybody to kind of follow and keep up because people wanted that vibe and that feel. And then um, after that, we did, I did some bars out in Conroe. Uh, the, what is that one, the Cowboy Honky Tonk? And then we did Gaslamp 360 did that one for gosh six months I mean, yeah that was, that was a long build up um what's like what's a what's next what's next yeah <laughs> what, 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 what to expect because i mean those are big big projects and you know having a store in the village in the first place is it's not cheap it's not easy it's, you know it's uh, it yeah, was, I mean, I feel like it was, it was, it was good that we were so naive about it. it because, like, we went into it not really knowing, not expecting, and so I feel like it, it was really good that we did it that way. Because looking back, would no, I that. wouldn't, never. I wouldn't, I would never be that brave. Um, and even this one, I think, like the the on Westheimer, um, it was it was a big space and. Um, it was, I'm really glad that we did it because I feel like as a brand, what we were trying to do is really just solidify the brand and give people more, that experience that he creates like in the bars and the projects that he works it's on. It's really immersive. So we really wanted to create that in a retail space. And I feel like we, we, we achieved it till this day. I think a lot of people, you know, you either got it or you didn't. And a lot of people would come in and they'd be like, oh, you're like this could be a restaurant. Or the, and we actually did host two nights. We turned it into a, a restaurant, restaurant. Which was cool. Which was really cool. Um, so people could imagine a bar because our counter was actually a bar. Like at the, our checkout counter was a bar. Um, and that was just an homage to like the projects that we work on and we wanted people to experience that. Um, so yeah, there was like different finishings and the mood was a little bit darker, dark and moody, I'd like to say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was an experience and, but not our main focus. So towards the end of, of, of that project, that I feel like the, because it was such a big space, I mean, you constantly had to have enough product, you know, it had to change. And so that wasn't our main focus. I mean, the main focus was doing the, the, so, the outside project. For a lot of the projects that we do, we have to source pieces. So 
the retail goes hand in hand. So I feel like we'll always do the retail. We just realized we didn't need a big store to that was a big store. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a few thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, but I think it was it was a really cool experience, and we're glad that we did it. So this is the second pop up. So this is the second pop up because we were here in the fall. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, like holiday, fall and holiday, November and December. Okay. Yeah. So how long are you gonna be in this space? March and April. March and so April. So two months, yeah. And then where are you going after that? And then I don't know. I think we're just the retail part. I mean, we have a lot, we have projects like you know for the design part, but retail-wise, I don't know. I mean, I think. Um, it's always been like a goal to do online. Maybe we'll try that. First off, does Houston have the sort of space? Like if you want to continue to do pop-ups so that you can do the build-out, pop-up, build-out, pop-up. Does Houston has the, the structure for that? And if not, what would be interesting to have and how? I mean, I think with the retail space, we found out that most of our, the clients or the people that actually um, like instantly got it, they were not from Houston. They were visiting from New York, LA. Chicago. Well, the pop-up thing for us works because again, like we're not, you know, tied to, uh, you're not making a, you know, five-year commitment you know, on a space. Um, and our, what we do constantly changes, so we're able to translate. Like, for example, the theme that we have now is a lot different from what we had in the fall. Right. So yeah. we're able to showcase, you know, whether it's what we're. It's almost like an art installation, like you go to it a gallery. Is. Right. It's, about, an like, it's an experience. It's an experience. And that's what we're trying to create for sure. And that's what we are hired to do in bars and restaurants. And in homes, at the same time, it's, they just say, hey, I want something different. And there's not a lot of companies or artists that you can go to. And so I think we've found a niche that it works for us and business and just in yeah. general, because it's always changing and evolving into something, style, trends, everything. Yeah, I, I've actually thought about maybe I should get into that niche yeah. <laughs> of build house because it's it's terrible to get behind a bar and you're like this makes no sense whatsoever. Right, it's pretty, but doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're for instance we're doing a barbecue place down the road in Washington, and they actually hired a architect for just a kitchen, because it has to have a specialty look flow, um, and the client wants that. And this is from a Mandola recommendation for Mandola's kitchens how efficient they run. So there's an architect for just the kitchen and then there's an architect for actually the visual space. We have round top coming up, okay. which is the antique thing we do. We shop with clients and source and get new ideas and find new materials, lighting, chairs, bar tops, wood, everything from reclaimed material. It's Gino's vacation. <laughs> Although he's, he's it's my still four working. week. It's, his, <laughs> it's my four it's week his... to kind of uh, get away from the city and be in the country. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that we have that. Um, 
and we have uh, the barbecue place, uh, Truth Barbecue, which is going to be a great um, brand for Houston, out from Brenham, Texas. Okay. Um, we're going to help. They have like a line, like they're they're very they're very um, popular in Brenham, I guess. Um, yeah, he's one of the youngest pit masters, so um, in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Texas. Okay. So we're going to be working on that project. That'll take up two to three months of our time. So, and that will probably start in the next thirty days, probably. Okay. Yeah. And then um, we also have some other salons that we're working with. That oh uh, really? Doing consulting for some salons and finishings and stuff like that. The salon suites. Okay. Um, and then we'll be. Whatever else pops up, but that pretty much will take four months of our rest of the year. So, are there events in other cities that have to do with what you do that you wish existed in, in Houston? Yeah, I think so. We actually have been um, thinking about taking the the pop up concept um, to other cities. We were looking maybe in LA um, and trying it there, but I but I have research. I think like the pop-ups that we've um, or that I've come across is more like clothing, which we do a little bit of. But um, for like I said, creating the experience, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know of any other pop-ups or, or brands that are doing that are doing that that'd be real interesting taking it to LA I, I think it would be fun because um, like I said a lot of our clients a lot of uh, people that like our work um, and uh, you know yeah just people that have become clients are from like LA and New York okay the, a designer from the past it'd be Ralph Lauren Ralph Lauren because he, I, I think I, and like his clothing I'll wear, his interiors, his uh, branding catalogs, his layouts, his Ralph Lauren home. I, like, I get along with all that and I could see myself. Uh, I get along with Ralph Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's my know. friend. <laughs> I oh, get along with him. <laughs> hey, Ralphie. <laughs> What's up, buddy? And he takes, he takes nostalgic eras like from the 20s and does the hand sewn embroidered yeah. varsity sweaters that have the patches on the back of their t-shirts and then who also do something so minimal as an oxford shirt that is just clean line but it has a great linen to it or a blue or indigo blue that's washed out and it's weathered um so again uh, just his his overall like aesthetic. his aesthetic and style i think is um classic and kind of you know just organic and I think that's why I, we tend to design kind of similar I guess but um, and paint you know I think in my paintings I'll <clears throat> take come into right now repurposing a lot of paintings and deconstructing and putting icon branding on it like Chanel or YSL or because um, I feel like even though yes okay Ralph Lauren may be like your favorite but I think you draw a lot of inspiration from like um you know like the classic yeah the classic brands and, and designers brands and i tend to look at their stuff and they've been in business for 
it's the longevity. hundreds of years. Of so I tend to draw towards that because I'm like, I'm not just doing something that's in the moment. I believe like if you look at Ralph Lauren 20 years ago, Chanel 20 years ago, it's changed, but it hasn't changed that much. And if you look at a lot of the stuff I did 10 years ago, I can look at it and be like, oh, wow, that was a really good design or simple design. And I'll still, again, take some of those elements and incorporate them into newer work that I've done. And it's still, so I don't experiment too much as an artist, I guess. Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I think, mean, you're yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I guess I go to the I guess the traditional, I'm looking outside at this brick and I'm looking at the bamboo and the colors and, you know, I, I, that's what I instantly gravitate towards is like my natural surroundings of natural elements, I guess, of woods and reclaim. I'm like three elements I see is that brick, the bamboo color, this reclaimed floor, and then the longleaf pine on the ceiling. Those are the four things I'll instantly see. Everything else just kind of washes out. Yeah, I mean, everything else is... Easy to replace. Yeah. But these, to me, these elements are kind of classic, and I think you could reuse this material 20 years from now and it still makes sense. Oh, okay. And it would be relevant. But maybe put a black wash on there or put a, a, a gray wash or a blue wash or something. So different. you basically have stayed in Just be authentic and stay true to your, your craft, I guess. That's the real thing. I mean, as far as trying to live as an artist and breathe it and make money off of it, I mean, if you're trying to support your bills and your family, I just think you have to just stick to it. And there's no, oh, I just want to paint this type of painting. You know, it's like you have to be open-minded to it, I think. And that's what a lot of people ask, like, how do you stay, or how do you do art for that long? I think that's really what it is. Like you kind of have to just do it and just do it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. All right. So there you have it. Uh, that's that. Uh, I think that's the last of the uh, old interviews that I have uh, laying around. One thing uh, for all of you purists out there. He did say uh, in 2000, he Googled information uh he searched okay google didn't come on till 2004 but you know that's our vernacular now right whenever we're gonna search something online we google it 10 years from now who knows we may bing it but that's it for this week one other thing is that i do want to share with you i uh, will be the first bar over at indie bar in um, bravery chef hall it's going to be called uh, lockwood station you can look it up on Instagram and on Facebook. The project is already started. It is uh, a process, so it moves at the pace that it needs to move. So I'm not going to give you a date as to when we open, but it's going to be opening soon. And uh, hard at work with uh, all the stuff that you have to do, you know. Aside from putting together a cocktail menu, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do in order to get a bar ready you know equipment and stuff and stuff and more stuff and then there's a list for this and there's a list for that so i'll let you know whenever that is uh coming up um it's hard at work so remember take care of yourself take care of each other and keep the conversation going